Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Monday, April 12, 2021. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Another big show coming up for you tonight. It is post-trade deadline. Arthur Staple from The Athletic will be joining us. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Mr. Christian Arnold. Christian, how are you? I had a very relaxing day. Not much going on. <laughs> yeah, I guess nice. so. You get all your trades out of the way early, yeah. and you can kind of relax a little bit, right? It's too bad. All right. Well, good for you, pal. Glad you had a little respite. <laughs> yeah, that's all that's important. Yeah, there we go. So, folks, thanks a lot for tuning into Hockey Night in New York at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY and all your favorite podcast providers later on for the audio version of the show. That's right. I want to remind you all that we are happy to be sponsored by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 17, 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great people, and great service. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. We're also sponsored by Tide Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal services of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give Tide Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. So, Christian. Yes. With that. Okay. The Islanders took six of eight points this week. Mm-hmm. It says so right here with wins over the Caps, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the Flyers, and the Rangers. Lone loss to the Rangers, the 4-1 to drubbing, I suppose, if you want to call it that, on Thursday night. They finished their six-game homestand, 5-1. and And, of course, the big news is bringing in Kyle Palmieri, Travis Zajac, and Braden Coburn just before the big deadline day. What do you say, C.A.? Well, I want to correct you on one thing. The loss to the oh, New York sure. Rangers was on Friday. The Islanders beat the Philadelphia Flyers on Thursday. You're right. You're right. I stand corrected. So, Thank you. Of course. That's thank what you. we're here to support and, and Thanks, help man. each other along. Man, you're great. And, Thanks and so much. I said that with such a nice tone and you no did. sarcasm. Yeah. I just want that to wow. be pointed out. Wow. Okay. But what do I say to the rest of it? Well, the yeah, Islanders, please. I would say, have had a pretty successful NHL trade deadline. They go yeah. out and they fulfilled yeah. the needs of, of what – People had been looking for in Kyle Palmieri, uh, a, you know, a scoring winger who obviously this season played on a bad New Jersey team, and the score his his production as far as goals go kind of reflects that. Travis Zajac, who is a solid depth forward for the Islanders, and can sure. play in different positions yeah. as well. Same with Kyle Palmieri, unexpected, uh, yes, surprise addition to that deal. Yeah. And then of course Braden Coburn, who will come in and be that seventh, eighth defenseman that will help the Islanders down the line and um, you know, kind of fits the bill of that veteran guy that Lou Lamorell and Barry Trotz like. Now, while we see much of him, who knows? But right. you know, Barry Trotz has been very consistent in one thing that's been his defensive unit uh, all season long between Letty and um, you know, Mayfield and Pulak and Pellick and Noah Dobson and Andy Green. They're really a, a lot of barring, guys in the way. Yeah, yeah. barring injury, they're yeah. really those guys have not come out of the lineup. So uh if things are going well, you won't see again. You won't see Thomas Hickey again. You won't see Braden Colburn. But knowing that they're there is that insurance is is a nice thing. Uh, I'm sure for a lot of Islanders. Well, fans. like we were saying before the show, it wouldn't be an Islanders trade deadline without that depth defenseman right. being exactly. added, and that even exactly. predates Lou Lamarillo. <laughs> except except back then, that was all you were getting. 
You yeah, know? <laughs> it would yeah. just be the no, depth defenseman, <laughs> and Islander fans would be just waiting till three p.m. or like three thirty-four, waiting for you know the the, the Arthur Staple all clear, the late faxes, yes. the Arthur Staple all clear. That's what it and, was, and then nothing <laughs> ever coming. But Lou Lamarillo has certainly changed the uh, the tone when it comes to trade deadline. Now that's two in a row. They they look at a need and they address it, and they, you know what? They don't really give up a whole lot to do it. No, I, I, think, I think you got to be happy. Yeah, you look at the deal that was made. Mason Jopst, obviously, kind of a, a low-level prospect. A.J. Greer, he came over, if I'm not mistaken, in the Colorado trade for Devontae's and the, and the draft picks. Again, wasn't a huge piece of that. And kind of get rid of him, which is okay. And then the draft picks. Obviously, everyone's going to look at that first-round pick and go, okay, that, yeah. was, that was the biggest piece of it all. But if that's really all you're giving up at this point, and it gives you a better chance at winning a Stanley Cup this year, I mean, you make that deal every day of your life without a, yes, without question. Exactly. And I think you look at the trade that Boston ended up making with Buffalo for Taylor Hall was the other guy that was on the Islanders, you know, radar, I guess you could say. And a lot of what we're hearing about the trade outside of my own objection to bringing Taylor Hall into the Islander system, it sounded like Buffalo was the place he wanted to go. And he controlled a lot of his own destiny in that situation, going, getting himself to Boston. It sounds like there were other options there. And he ultimately said, you know, to Buffalo, basically, Boston is where I want to go. And it's, and they made that happen. Ah, interesting. And of course, if you were following social media and what was gone out there, there, Kyle Burroughs, there, 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 there was was. some word out there, apparently that maybe Hall would have been in the mix for the Islanders as well. Uh, Even after they got Palmieri, which was interesting. I, I didn't see that coming, but. I suppose if it was there, it would have been pretty wild if they ended up landing both of those guys. It would have been, but <laughs> I mean, it, it becomes a question of our where where do you put them at that point? You're already and is losing, it too much, right? You're already losing um, a slot potentially for a guy, you know, a kid like Kiefer Bellows, um, or or something, or maybe <laughs> even Oliver Wallstrom because right. he came out of the lineup That's after right. the deal. Well, at there first. was a lot more to that. Absolutely, I, I just think, saying. I a, lot a lot of people, people made it known. Yes, <laughs> that it we're all well aware of, of everyone's concern over Oliver Wallstrom. Oh, yeah. And I get, listen, I get it. I think everyone's still kind of, and we talked about it with Brian Compton the other week. Everyone's so kind of used to, oh, things are going so well. Something's got to happen, right? Yeah. Even you know yeah. they go and get Kyle Palmieri, and um, you know something bad has to happen at that point. And so right. everyone saw Oliver Wallstrom come out of the lineup and. and we're not thrilled, and you could kind of tell the Islanders looked like a little bit of a different team without him in the lineup, yeah. and I think there was a little more um, offensive output, at least in that first period of the Ranger game the other night right. with him back in, and then lineup start, the line started to get shuffled again, and um, you know the Islanders game started to fall apart in the second period, and maybe they played a little bit better in the third, but um, you know ultimately they get that win, but certainly I don't think Oliver Wallstrom was coming out of the lineup for, for a long period of time, and, and once Barry Trotz kind of second the record straight, that this was a move made to quote unquote maximize the roster, and um, you know, obviously, with the circumstances surrounding the season, there is a lot of lineup maneuvering, and there's certain guys that they don't Islanders don't feel they want to or or should have to lose at this point because of a waivers or something like that. So right. there is a plan. I think everyone's got to kind of get got used to kind of get used to the fact that there is a plan. <laughs> yeah. And Barry Trotz and Lou Emerald there have, have an idea of what they're doing and not just, oh, Wallstrom's coming out of the lineup because they don't right. like Oliver Wallstrom. Right, right, Because they don't sure. like to play the yeah. young players. You get you get some knee-jerk reactions every now and then, and, you know, I get it. You know, you, uh, no, you're passionate 100%. about your players and your team for sure. But, yeah, usually there's a method to the madness because... <laughs> That's right. I mean, because it would be mad if, if Barry Trotz looked at the, the team and said, yeah, you know what, it's time for Ali to come out. There was definitely something underlying... 
you know, behind it because he had been playing so well. Even though, even though the production's dried up a little bit more right. recently, but he still looked good on that third line next to Pajot. So, and as you saw, he got back in, and I don't think he's going to be coming out much more at and, all. And that's the thing. It, it wasn't as though Barry Trot, the Islanders go and make this move. They bring Kyle Palmieri. They bring in Travis Ajak, two guys that are going to play. You would have imagined they're either going to slot into that top. One of them is going to slot into the top spot. One of them right. is going to slot into that third line. Mm-hmm. You would have to imagine that they'd want a Kyle Palmieri or a Travis Ajak around a guy like Oliver Wallstrom. Yeah, just look at what for sure. JG Pajot has been able to do for the twenty, the, you know, the twenty-year-old, twenty-year-old, twenty. He's twenty years old. Oliver Wallstrom or twenty-three, twenty. Yeah, he's not twenty-three. I'm, I'm mixing he's, up him he's and, about and 20, bars yeah. on but, 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 yeah. but he's about twenty years old. Mm-hmm. That's a great asset to have between Pajot. Between now, you have a veteran like Travis Ajak or Keith, um, um, Kyle Palmieri on that line to to. Guide him even more so. I mean, and and kind of complement that offensive skill set that he has already. So I think that that's it would be crazy to even imagine that he's coming out of the lineup and not, uh, you know, coming out of the lineup once they bring in these guys that are supposed to make the team better and make them um, even more stronger when it comes to making that deep run for a Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, and speaking of the word deep, no matter who you may have, may have been targeting here at the deadline, whether it was Hall, whether it was Paul Mary, one thing you cannot say about this roster now heading in to the final stretch here and into the playoffs is this team is deep. You can't say it's not. That's where I was going with that in the sense that <laughs> – I mean, up and down this roster. I mean, the forwards and now the D. Even we, you know, we we know Hickey can fill in now. We weren't sure because he had you know been banished for so right. long. <laughs> you get Coburn coming in if if they need him. I mean, things are going to go very very wrong if he needs to step on the ice. But you look at the forwards now, and no matter how you mix and match those lines, there's a lot to like. I mean, there's really, I wouldn't say there's any weaknesses out there. You know, especially because everybody's favorite first line left winger, number 47, is probably going to be coming out of the lineup unless Barry thinks he, you know, depending on the team they're playing, maybe he wants to get him in some spot duty. But I just don't see that happening with Paul Marion Zajac coming in now. And, and you just look at these guys, you know, throughout these lines, and, and, and it seems like Barry's still trying to figure out where he's going to slot these guys. It's actually nice they have this break between now and Thursday, maybe to get some practice time in and figure that out. But, I mean, they are deep top to bottom. They can roll four lines pretty pretty evenly, and uh, they're going to look pretty good. Oh, 100%. And I think it will take some time. I think the Islanders, if you remember last year, too, I, I understandably it was a very short period of time early on when they brought in uh, J.G. Pajot. After the trade, he comes in with, against the, the game against the New York Rangers, and they lose that game, and then the Islanders kind of sputtered out towards the end, and then you hit the COVID, the COVID cancellation of everything. And then you saw once that had that time together, that training camp obviously made a world of difference for Pajot. Yeah. Now, the Islanders won't have the luxury there, but having no. a couple days off here in between games before they go and play Boston now, the Boston team that, by the way, has gotten better with you bringing in Taylor Hall, so now they have another offensive weapon, but this is also the same Bruins team that the Islanders have had their way with this entire yeah. season. So yeah. two games against Boston on the road, if you're the Islanders, that's it's a great setup to get these guys acclimated so they can get them themselves into the system a bit little more, a little bit more, and they can get comfortable with it. And maybe Barry Trotz can figure out where he wants these guys to be on a, a more longer term basis. Yeah, and I think we kind of said it at the top here, but a little surprising that Zajac was included in the deal, and possibly that's what ended up swaying the Islanders towards the Devils instead of Buffalo, as far as Hall versus Palmieri, mm-hmm. depending on what you read. But you know, kind of rolled your eyes there. A little bit, I did. Depending on what you read. <laughs> I couldn't help it. What can I tell you? But <laughs> but 
Um, see, now you, now you threw me off. But, like, he, he comes in as a surprise. He's right. a good added surprise. He's, he's a, what, 35 years old, plenty of veteran leadership. You know how much the Islanders love their veteran leadership. <laughs> but the guy can actually still play. He can take face-offs. You saw him doing that, lining up next to Barzell in, uh, in the last game against the Rangers. And it's, inter- it's just going to interest me to see if that's something they're going to do long-term, if they're going to keep Z- Zajac up on the top line, or if they're going to give Palmieri a shot with him and Eberle, because uh, that's what I'd like to see. Yeah, I mean, there's. Uh, we'll see. I think a lot of mixing and matching. I think at least for the the time being, at least over the next couple of days in practice, maybe a little bit. And in, in once you get the first Boston game, maybe the second one. But I think there will be a point in time that uh, Barry Trotz will figure it out. I don't think it's going to take longer than than a week or so for him to figure out where he's comfortable with those guys playing and, and where we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. I think you're right. So, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York here at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Arthur Staple from The Athletic will join us. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account so islander fans if your business is looking for a change from companies like spectrum verizon or optimum thai technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages just call 516-856-7800 that's 516-856-7800 or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com that's thai t-i-e technology.com thai technology the right choice for your internet phone service the only thing better than a Great Long Island Deli is a Great Long Island Deli run by diehard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying, yes, yes, yes. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders Therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. You are watching Hockey Night in New York here at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. And joining us right now from The Athletic is Mr. Arthur Staple. Arthur, thank you so much for joining us here after the trade deadline is all over. How you doing, Arthur? I'm good. How are you? Doing very well. Thank you for joining us here at On the Line, brought to you by Thai Technology. So, Arthur, best way to start here, let's get an assessment of the New York Islanders deals. They pick up Kyle Palmieri, Travis Zajac, Braden Coburn. Maybe we can just start with your assessment of those deals, what they gave up, and how that's going to change the team going into the stretch run here. Well, uh, Lou Lamarillo was was, uh, very kind enough to 
make that first deal for Palmieri and Zajac a few days ago. So we had got some games before the deadline to see what those two guys could do and um, kind of measure it against some of the deals that were made closer to the deadlines uh, and to see what the cost is was relative to some other guys that moved. And, um, you know, learning after the fact that Travis Zajac agreed to waive his no-trade clause on that night when the deal was made, and that kind of seemed to give uh, Lamorello the – the, the preference to take that deal rather than maybe try to pursue a trade for Taylor Hall. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of fans who felt like Hall would be a little bit more dynamic, but and watching these three games, especially the one on Sunday against the Rangers, I think you see uh, much like the deal for John Gabriel Pajo last year, um, you know, they're trying to fill a need. And, and in this case, uh, a couple of needs with Palmieri being a, a versatile top nine winger, uh, not necessarily the guy that's going to fill the spot next to, Matthew Barzell that Andrews Lee occupied, but someone who's going to do some of those roles, play on the power play and play a pretty strong game, uh, you know, kind of a straightforward type player. And Travis Zajac, who did end up playing there, um, maybe a bit of a surprise, but uh, a guy who takes some face-offs, knows how to kill penalties, um, you know, just a, a couple of role fillers, really, and, and high-end ones at bat, certainly in Palmieri. Um, so you see what their thinking is and see how Barry Trotz wants to use them. I'm not, I wasn't too sure that Zajac could be an everyday player for these guys, but uh, playing the way that he did on Sunday, you could certainly see him jumping around the lineup and, and kind of filling that PK role, taking some face-offs, taking some of the heat off bars all a bit. Um, and as far as the second deal went, uh, you know, late last night with Braden Coburn, I think that's pure depth um, insurance for in case something happens. I think you saw... As the playoffs wore on last summer, uh, the war of attrition really got to the Islanders. You know, it was Casey Zekas, it was Adam yeah. Pellick, key guys to what they do. Um, and they really were left a little bit deficient in terms of their depth and guys that they had ready to go. So, uh, you know, I don't think Braden Coburn's an everyday uh, NHL defenseman anymore, but he's certainly decent insurance and knows what's expected of him when it comes playoff time. Arthur, thank you so much for the time. We really do appreciate it. I am curious, obviously, after the Palmieri trade happened, we still kind of heard some rumors that there was interest or that there was intent that the Islanders were looking at Taylor Hall. Is there any insight you can provide into the reality of that situation? Was there any chance that the Islanders were still looking to bring in Taylor Hall even after that Palmieri deal was made? Well, I've been around long enough, Christian, and you probably have too, to know that uh, when there's rumors from outside the Islanders that Lou Lamarillo is thinking about doing something, it's usually either not going to happen or he's going to change his mind so that he doesn't make those things come true. <laughs> he just He's very dedicated to keeping things private and quiet until they're done. Um, so that, to me, and seeing the number of reporters and people that were kind of saying, ah, they could still be in on it, sort of reading between the lines said to me, uh, that that was either you know coming from Buffalo's end to try to drum up a little bit more business to get a first-round pick out of somebody or coming from Hall's agent to kind of maybe expand the circle a little bit of, of teams that uh, he might be interested in going to or might be interested in jumping in the pool. Um, <clears throat> and considering what we saw him going for, which was second-round pick and a kind of a middle six winger uh, to the Bruins – I think that kind of confirmed it for me that, um, you know, the Sabres were not dealing from a position of strength there. It definitely reminded me a little bit of the Thomas Vanek situation. The Islanders were in about yeah. seven deadlines ago where they had an asset that they thought uh, they could flip when things started to go bad. And um, just there weren't the, the, the suitors just weren't there. Different circumstances, obviously, this time with the cap crunch that a lot of the good teams are in. Um, 
Hall holding a no a, a full no move clause, and clearly in his comments today, he seemed to exercise it and said there was only a couple places he wanted to go, and he he narrowed it down to just the Bruins. But I have to imagine there are maybe a couple other places that weren't interested in biting on a deal that uh, he would have gone to. So really, you know, it was about accepting that deal, and I think a lot of you saw the reaction. I think uh, on Twitter about people saying, "Why did they do this now?" So you know, twelve hours, fifteen hours ahead of the deadline, I think it was because they had exhausted all their options in the right. previous weeks, knowing knowing that this guy was going to go, that he could pretty much choose his destination within reason, and that, that some of those teams were not willing to give up a first. So, yeah, when you hear those rumors after the Islanders get Palmieri and you're starting to comb through cap friendly and look at the roster and say, where does this guy fit now? <laughs> right. uh, I think you can stop and say he probably doesn't fit, and I don't think this was coming from the Islanders' end. Gotcha. So, Arthur, in, in his press conference today, <clears throat> Lou Lamorello said that he's satisfied with where they're at. When you look at the roster and what they have now, bringing in the guys that they did, do you think the Islanders did indeed, you know, basically do what they set out to do? And this is this is the sort of team they were looking to bring into the stretch run in the playoffs here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think um, and and Lou and, and Barry are big believers in chemistry, and and it's obviously a, a group of players that is very dedicated to playing for one another. Um, that hasn't really paid much attention to the the outside uh, doubters about whether this team is for real. And I think three years on now, we can say, yes, they are for real. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I think, you know, making those targeted moves again, I go back to last year's deadline and really the circumstances were a little different. They needed a defenseman, you know, with Pelic out and they went out and got Andy Green, a guy that, that Lou was familiar with who, you know, played okay in that role and then ended up playing a very good supporting role in the playoffs when Pelic was back. And really, they knew that they had a hole in the middle, uh, you know, on their third line and, and spent a lot of their assets to get John Gabriel Pajot in there and sign him immediately. And that didn't pay very good immediate dividends. But after the little pause, it paid great dividends. And I think this year you see just how smart a, a, a move that was to really make sure that they were filling very targeted spots and, and thinking long term with a guy like Pajot and how well he fits. And it's a little different now because they can only think short term with with the cap crunch that they're facing in the off season. You know they're able to add a couple guys because of LTIR. That I'm sure they'd rather have Anders Lee in there than have to make all these moves. But uh, but given the hole that they have and given the cap space that they have in the short term, that was what they were looking for. A couple of guys with expiring contracts who could fill holes. And you worry about whether they fit in the long term later on with the expansion draft contracts that are needed all the things that are going to come in the off season that are going to be kind of messy. Um, so I think for a short term view, yeah, they did what they wanted, which was targeted, you know, space filling. And, uh, you know, they've won a couple of games. They haven't looked particularly great in, in any of their three all games right. that they've had with these two guys. But I think this week now with a few days of practice, a little bit of a reset, 14 games to go. And then the playoffs, um, you certainly got two guys that are familiar with the division, having played in it for most of the season and in years past, and even Coburn is familiar with how the East goes. So, you know, I think you see some of the uh, the, the methods behind uh, what Lou does and the methods behind what Barry wants uh, from the decisions that Lou makes. Talking with Arthur Staple here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. Arthur, as far as the lineup goes from here, we've seen Zajac and Paul Mary on the same line. We've seen them separated now last night against the New York Rangers when the Islanders won in overtime where do you see their positions ending up being by the time we hit the playoff run? Where is Barry Trotz, or in your mind, I should say, where ideally would Palmieri fit and where does Zajac fit? You know, it's um, 
it's definitely interesting. I, you know, I kind of feel like the two new lines they put together had some, had some good moments last night. And like I said, Zajac, maybe not <clears throat> the ideal winger for Barzal. I didn't really think Leo Kamwa was the ideal b- winger for Barzal either. That, <laughs> that worked out well for that stretch that it did, but not alone. It kind of had a shelf, <laughs> had a limited shelf life. We could call it. Um, I don't know if Zajac is the long-term solution there. And I, I think, the part that was maybe a little bit worrisome over these last couple of games is that some the, their two more familiar lines are really not as strong as they've been. And I, I think in particular, the Brock Nelson line had a couple of, had a couple of tough nights and, you know, maybe that's a place where you don't want to have three lefty, you know, three righties, three lefties, three righties alternating on those top three lines. Maybe there's a way going forward. You, you find you maybe can put Beauvillier with Barzal and Eberle uh, flip Matt, Josh Bailey over to the left side, and that's a spot for Palmieri or Zajac on the right. You know, I think that Palmieri, Pajot, Wallstrom line looked really good at times last night. I'd, I'd certainly think that that is going to run with that for a little bit. Um, so there's a way to tinker with some of the other lines and, and try to find what works best. Um, you know, Nel- the Nelson line has really been kind of a go-to shutdown line in terms of matching up against some of the other teams' top top lines. And they've got a few more left with the Rangers, and they've got a few more left with Washington where you're going to get a heavy dose of some high-end guys in, the, in their top six. So you've got some time to to tinker with it before you get to the playoffs and knowing who you're going to face. And, um, you know, I think by then they'll have something sorted out. All right, it, it leads to a, an interesting question i guess and obviously the whole wallstrom thing became a big story for a couple days on on social media and why he wasn't in the lineup but i think the more interesting aspect there is where does Kiefer bellows kind of fit into the short-term and long-term picture here obviously you know he's still around the organization he's still around the team i should say on the taxi squad up and down where do we see Kiefer bellows get back into the lineup at some point or where does his role kind of fit into this especially this this season right now when their focus obviously to win a stanley cup you know, I don't think he has a spot right now. <clears throat> um, I, you know, I, I think you've seen him get a couple opportunities and he's, you know, he's had a couple of good game, good segments, but um, I think the the problem for him is, and I think, you know, it, it's not something a lot of fans want to hear, but the kids are held to a higher standard. And um, when you get your chance to go in, even if you're not a regular and Bellow's got his chance at the start of the year when the Islanders as a team weren't playing very well. So that's kind of bad luck for him. But I think when Wallstrom went in there, Walston not only demonstrated the the kind of cliche stuff, the 200 foot game, the winning battles, doing that, moving his feet, all that other stuff, but he is a guy who can create his own offense. And uh, and I don't really, out of a side of a couple of moments, especially in that game against the Devils when he got back in, you haven't really seen that consistently consistently from Kiefer Bellows. And uh, maybe it's an unfair standard to set when you've got other guys in roles where they're not necessarily expected to do those kinds of things. But uh, couple that with some some defensive lapses for bellows um you know and i don't think that he's just earned the earned the trust the cap the you know the kind of the key word for barry trotz that uh, he could go out in certain situations you know and barry was tough on bellows all the way through and then had some complimentary things to say uh last week about him but i don't think there's really a spot for him right now and it's and i you know he's at a bit of a crossroads if he doesn't get back in to play down the stretch here and doesn't play in the playoffs, then uh, you do have to wonder if this guy is going to be an answer for them going forward, uh, you know, as, as far as one of their very few young prospects or whether it's a situation where you get to the offseason and he'll be left unprotected in the expansion draft or maybe moved um, to kind of ease uh, a, a roster crunch or, or, you know, think about going in a different direction in terms of their prospects. 
For sure, Arthur. And another interesting note from Lou Lamarillo's press conference, and maybe this is just because uh, he's the type of guy that likes to leave all options on the table, but he did talk about the, I guess, the potential possibility for maybe keeping one of these guys around, whether it's Palmieri, Zajac, both, or what have you. Do you think there's anything to that? Do you think that's something that, that Lamarillo might actually look at this summer and, and see where there might be a fit to keep a guy like Palmieri just beyond being a rental this year? Well, there have to be a lot of things that happen before they could think about keeping him. And, you know, and I think this right. offseason is going to lot going to look a lot like last offseason where there's going to be conversations with guys, you know, whether it's with his RFAs to say we're going to work on a deal or maybe even come to an agreement and we're just not going to announce it because we need to sort our cap situation out. And I think the yeah. expansion draft kind of further complicates those things. Or with their UFAs, you know, is is Cal Palmieri going to be a bigger priority for them than Casey Sezikis? I'm not so sure about that. So you, you think that the conversation with, with Palmieri's agent may be something along the lines of we, we're interested, but we have to do some other things. And it's maybe going to be in the Palmieri camp, whether he wants to wait around and, and try to work something out and stay or whether he wants to explore the market. And, um, you know, I think from a from a common sense standpoint, you, you say a guy like Travis Zajac might be more likely to stick around because he's a little bit further on in his career. And he can be someone who agrees kind of verbally the way Andy Green did to a one year bonus laden deal to be an insurance marker. You know, if Zizekas decides he wants to test the the open market and get a deal somewhere else, then you've got Zajac as a, as a penalty killer and a possible number four center or just maybe as a 13th forward to be around next season, because obviously, uh, you know, depending on what happens here in the stretch running in the playoffs, these guys could play their way into the, the consideration to be Islanders again next season or, and beyond, or they'll, you know, if things go south and you say, let's just kind of reset and, say thank you for your service, and we'll move on. <laughs> right on, Arthur. And you, you mentioned before how the Islanders have kind of established themselves as the real deal. So kind of a two-part question here in relation to that is how does this team now compare to, to the team that they had last year that went to the Eastern Conference Finals, obviously with Anders Lee, not in the fold this time due to the injury. They bring in Paul Mary, Zajac, and Colburn. So I'd like a comparison between the two. And are these, is this team a Stanley Cup contender? Oh, I think so. You know, I think, you know, you look at <clears throat> at what everybody, you know, you, you presume it's going to be the top, same top four in their division that's sitting there right now. And everybody made a pretty decisive move to try to get better. Boston getting Taylor Hall, Pittsburgh getting Jeff Carter and Washington making the most interesting move of the day. I think getting Anthony Mantha for a pretty big package from Detroit. Yeah. They're all really kind of, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of an arms race in that division. And, and, uh, even after all said and done, and, and I certainly understand Islanders fans' uh, anxiousness about seeing any of those three teams, mostly you know the yeah. the the the, near, the history with the Bruins of, of not being very successful against them in the regular season, and some playoff losses to the Penguins and the, the Caps over the years, and just the domination by so the, the Penguins over the years. Um, so you're not too eager to face any of them. But if you look position by position, maybe the forwards are better from some of those teams. But would you take any any of those any of those groups' defenses over the Islanders or any of their goalies over the Islanders? I don't think so. And I think if if you go by the old adage that defense and goaltending can get you pretty far in the playoffs, I think the Islanders are the favorite. They've got maybe the two best goalies out of those four teams uh, right now. And on D, uh, you know, you, you obviously knock on wood. 
that uh, you want to stay healthy. But uh, the top pair of Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock, you know, if you could give a Norris trophy to a defense pair, they'd certainly be up in the running. And, and those guys have been really, really good. You know, without putting up gaudy offensive numbers, that's where those some of those underlying numbers are worth looking at about how how dominant they are uh, at five on five at keeping chances away from their net and creating chances at the other end. Really, really good stuff. And I think you saw how valuable, obviously, Adam Pellick was when he was healthy back in the playoffs last season. So, you know, I think they're a better team right now overall. Obviously, they miss Anders Lee terribly. And I think in the playoffs, a guy like that is so valuable. And that's really where you you start to wonder if they can make a really deep run. But with the rest of their team going the way that it's going, yeah, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know that they're going to win the division. But I think they're the favorites to get to the semis. Our guest right now on the line brought to you by our friends over at Tide Technologies, the Athletics' Arthur Staple. And Arthur, obviously heading into that playoff run, we're hitting that stretch run now for the Islanders and for everybody else. One of the other interesting storylines this season has been the growth and the development of Ilya Sorokin. And I believe it was yourself who asked last night about how Barry Trotz has seen his development over the last couple months, noting that it was only a couple months ago that we were talking about whether this kid was going to end up in Bridgeport or not. And I'm curious now that, that Ilya Sorokin has played, you know, lights out hockey. He is playing phenomenally. Is there a chance that we could quicker than we imagined be seeing the transition from Sorokin, from uh, Varlamov to Sorokin, especially once you hit that playoff run? How much would you expect to see Sorokin in the net? Um, you know, I think Varlamov is still the number one guy, and uh, I think that's going to be the case starting in game one of the of the playoffs, whoever the opponent is. Um, maybe in the back of Barry Trotz's mind, there's a little bit of knowledge that if things go south you're not as hesitant to turn to to Sorokin as he might have been to turn to Thomas Grice although Grice uh, you know last playoffs played a couple of key games in that run um but I think there's some comfort there to know that that Sorokin has has advanced pretty well and kind of steadied himself quite a bit from the the shaky first couple of weeks that he had Uh, and beyond that I think a lot of what happens in the rest of the season much like with you know potential free agents um a lot's going to be determined by what happens uh in this stretch running in the playoffs if Varlamov isn't strong and Sorokin is the guy that, that takes the ball and runs with it uh, and they go deep in the playoffs on the back of, of Ilya Sorokin then maybe you start to think that you could see a scenario where they leave Semyon Varlamov exposed in the expansion draft and decide to ride with Sorokin and, and go out and get a second goalie um, you know Lula Murillo has shown no hesitation to pivot in terms of his goaltenders when he when he turned to Varlamov after having yeah. Robin Leonard have a Vezina Trophy type season. So, um, you know, it's an interesting question, and I think it's a little premature just because we have to see how it plays out. Uh, you know, Barry Trotz has said not long ago, Varlamov's his number one, but he certainly likes what Elias Sorokin's done. And, and I think in the playoffs, Varlamov will be the game one starter in the postseason. And whether he finishes it uh, with uh, a first round exit or a Stanley Cup run, um, I think a lot can be determined for uh, for the offseason and beyond by that uh, that playoff stretch. Well, Arthur, amazing stuff as always. Really appreciate you giving us some time here to talk deadline, talk Islanders, and uh, hope to have you on again soon. Thank you so much. All right, guys. I'm sorry I didn't chirp Christian this time. I to save it <laughs> we, were, we were very nice to each other. You could do it's it fine. now before we, you we go. Don't have to. <laughs> Arthur does it enough I, on Twitter. We're good. Hate it. It's, it's too bad. It's 
Christian is such a pro that he doesn't give me any good fodder on the show. I really, he really just saves it for social media. So we'll, we'll have, <laughs> well, we'll there we go. <laughs> I have to, I have to not embarrass myself in one place. So I've decided it's here. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go! That's a big improvement. <laughs> well, Arthur, thanks. awesome stuff. Thanks so much. Uh, have the have a good rest of your night. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Anytime. All righty. Take care. That was the great Arthur Staple of the Athletic, and uh, he he got one in. He got to dig in before he left. Yeah. Could have been worse. Absolutely could have been worse, but he's still, I mean, he, he is I, not. I, but notice there was a compliment in there somewhere, too. Yeah, a little. A no, little no, no, no. I heard the compliment, eh, nothing Well, else. of course you did. Yeah, I heard yeah. the compliment. Everybody else was, heard the, like re, the, the real stuff that was It was, was going like on. the last time he was on when he said, I do a lot of good things. Yeah. Well, and then uh, he said something mm-hmm. else about Twitter, and I just I zoned out. I yeah, he is not a fan of your, your Twitter <laughs> feed. He's, he's had <laughs> Neither a lot are you, apparently, so it's fine. I suppose. It makes two of you. I guess so. I mean, look, it's just been uh, the, the age-old thing here with the Islanders, right, and, and the coverage. B-Comp, Gross, Staple, Tony, myself. I mean, we've just been piling on for years, man. Sorry, dude. That's <laughs> true. And it's all just because you're young. It's That's been it. 10 years, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and somehow you're still the baby. <laughs> still the baby. I think that says more about you guys than anything else about me. Oh, well, we'll move on. <laughs> oh, 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 now you want to move on. Oh, I see yeah. how that works. So let's let's pick it up. Obviously, still plenty to talk about here. Maybe we'll just dive in a little bit more to, to Paul Mary and, and Zajac. We, we mentioned uh, earlier that he got his first goal on the power play, no less, against the Stranges. And that's a good sign because... You know, after February, how how wonderful that power play month was. It it, it went back into the depths for the for the yeah. <laughs> the time that it came was really after. good, and we all I think everyone enjoyed that time. Yeah, there was no complaining about it. it was, right, it was a real cha- nice change. People of pace. were actually celebrating it. Yeah, yeah. Oliver Wallstrom had a lot to do with that, putting up a lot of assists on the power play, and then the Islanders reminded us how mediocre that power play can be. <laughs> And well, it struggles. It struggles. It, it does struggle. That's accurate. So Palmieri, you know, he finally gets his first goal, which is good because he got the monkey off his back, and maybe the fans off of his back too. Well, as I said, to, as I said on on in my story the other night, I said, "What better time? There's no better time to score your first goal of the season than than right there." Yeah, against the Rangers on the power play, third game in. So you well, know, first game is an Islanders, I should say, not of the season, but first game is an Islander. Correct, yeah. correct. But it's it's a great time to get that monkey off the back. And you notice not only was it Paul Mary, but it was Pulak too, which also yes. became the big story that night. Pulak getting yes. his first his first goal of the season. Paul Mary his first goal as an Islander. Yes, those are two big things to get off your back. Obviously, Absolutely. especially in Paul Mary's case, there's. I'm sure there's that feeling of all right. I'm coming here. Part of my role is to be a goal scorer, especially where they're where they're playing him and whatnot. And Pulak obviously has that tremendous shot. That I mean, <laughs> has been going everywhere <laughs> but the net. To be fair, I mean it really has. But that's the it was, he, he that's why it was the almost comical. The Nassau Coliseum. Yeah, <laughs> it was almost comical at times because you're like the shot is crazy good. Yeah, but if he put it if he put it on net, boy, would that be something? And sure enough. Yeah. I mean, he put himself in a good spot there. The you know the whole play developed nicely, and then you saw what happened when he great feed from Brazil. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that was exactly what. That's exactly what. Uh, sorry, I'm looking. You, you at the good? Chat. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at the chat. We we have a habit of getting distracted by the chat. It's very bit. distracting. Yeah, it's right there. I, but it, we obviously encourage people 
watch the yes, show live, 100%. join the chat, have some fun. It seems like a blast from, yeah. from when we peek over, and, and there's <laughs> there's some great chirps and fun going on there. Yes, so if you guys people to, have to any questions, we'll, we'll try to address some of them at the end of the show. So keep them in the back of your mind or throw them out there now, whatever you want to do. We'll have Christian hunt for them later, as we do. <laughs> but, yeah, so Palmieri gets his first one as an Islander. And, you know, the natives are pretty quick to get restless around here. We know that. So I'm almost happy for him. They're passionate. Yeah. (laughs) You know, before people are like, oh, they made this deal. He's done nothing. So it's good that he's got a goal out there. Well, I think that's why Pajot went out and scored his first goal, his first (laughs) game. And fought. Yeah, and fought. You can't have a better intro than Pajot had. Maybe I'll just, yeah, right. Pajot set the bar. He, he really set did. the bar for Island, in this this era of Islanders and country. This, they set the bar. <laughs> yeah, but no one remembers that. I see when right. everyone looks back now, they go, "You remember when he came in and he fought and he scored in his first game?" And everyone Against goes, the and "No one remembers it because COVID happened." So none of those right. the, the, those that couple games afterward, yeah. everyone forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Then he came in, played ping pong. Helped get the Islanders to an Eastern Conference final. Won over a lot of people with and, the big box yeah. stuff. And so yeah. everyone immediately fell in love with him as a fan favorite. So, yeah. that I mean, that's the way to do it. You get the goal out of the way that first game. doesn't matter what happens. So A world pandemic comes in, wipes away everything else. I mean, I think it's Lou Lamarillo, two for two here, knocking it out of the park at trade deadlines, huh? You know what? But the thing, the thing though, with, with the Islanders and with Lou Lamarillo the last what couple is years thing? is that you notice that there's one one trait that's always involved with the people that they bring in. And every time you hear it mentioned over and over again, and that's character. You heard it talked yep, about yep. when they brought in Japajo. You heard it talked about when they brought in Zajac and Paul Mary. You heard it talked about today when they were talking about bringing in Braden Colburn. And I yeah. think the one similar aspect everyone that everyone has, even on the roster, the core guys, is the character. And obviously that's something that's always been mentioned and talked about in the past when Islanders have when the Islanders have brought players here under different administrations, but you really yeah. get the sense that when Lou Lamorello talks about character, there is something to that, that they're not, oh, that yeah. they're not just bringing in a guy who can shoot and score and put the puck in the back of that, but there is a guy who's coming in, believes in what's, what's being, being built on Long Island, what the organization is trying to do that bonds with the players that are in the locker room already. And, that's the difference, I think, when you talk about a lot of these trades currently than in the past, or even some of the trades that happen around the National Hockey League. I think that when you look at the success of them, it's because you bring in guys with that character, that, that believe in that Islander way, that Islander style, and it pays off in the long term because you see the bonds that are built and you see how that translates onto the ice. It's a blue-collar team, and we, so we say it all the time, how it's, it's not any one individual. I mean, all these guys are pulling at the same rope, and that's what makes them so successful. It doesn't mean they don't have any stars. They don't have any top-end players. Obviously, you look down the roster, you see 13, you see 6. Right. You know? I, and, I think it's a see- misnomer now. You, you can't say the Islanders don't have stars because it's hard not to say that Matthew Barzal is a star in this league at this point. I mean, the way the offensively, the way he's playing is, right. is out of his mind. But then you look yeah. at his development as far as a two-way player, that's huge. Yeah, and you see, you know, another again fitting the character of the Islanders. Well, that's the whole thing, and, and it and it and it flows throughout the lineup, and that's why I guess you see some problems when you have some of the bigger cogs in the machine, like Pellet going down right. last season, or even Sezikis, where that's when you start to see trouble. Because not to take anything away from the guys that fill in, but those are big shoes to fill, and and they're a big part of just making everything kind of work in tandem, work together. So I mean, it speaks uh, it speaks a lot for what this team is, what they bring to the table. And I think I think it just helps a fan really root for the team because they have that team mentality, right. and because the the administration, you know, has <laughs> as you called it, has I was trying to a, dic- di- think of a different word there. Right, the regime. If, well, if no, because everyone uses regime. management. 
but everyone uses those. Whereas I was okay. wanted to do something that they don't. People oh, way don't to go, use. man! Way to think outside the yeah. box. <laughs> so, I thought so. But yeah, anyway, whatever. they have so they. I mean, <laughs> look, I don't. I don't watch every every coaches or general managers press right. conference around the league. I'm sure. Every team has their own level of emphasis on the locker room, the camaraderie, and how well guys get along and all that. But it just seems like the Islanders take that to another level. And it's something that they they really emphasize. And they want to make sure the guys that they bring in are going to be cohesive with the guys that are already there. Which is why, perhaps, that's why, if they did have a choice between Taylor Hall and Kyle Palmieri, why they went Palmieri and Zajac, because... They knew a little bit more what they were getting as far as that goes. They've proven themselves as far as team guys. And they, they're hard workers on the ice. I would love to see that, that list of teams that were presented that, or not presented, but of options that Taylor Hall said no to and that list of teams that he would have gone to. I'm curious. Outside of Boston, I would love to know what the other teams were. I think that, sure. that would be an I will just add my own curiosity. What teams yeah. did Taylor Hall view as teams that are successful and that have a chance at winning a cup? Because I mean that's where that's where he's why he's going there. Oh, it always comes down to that. that. You know, everybody likes to talk about how the Islanders were never on that list. Pretty sure he probably was this time. I see. I don't know. I, I'd yeah. be very curious to know at this point. I think he was. Maybe one day you'll find out. Maybe Taylor will write the book and he'll he'll talk about that that fateful Specific trade moment. deadline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. He, he'll be like Christian Arnold. This one's for you. This is who I had in the list. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, pal. There you go. But, yeah, look, I think... A very specific shout-out. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. So I want to extend the same question to you that I asked Arthur. Mm. How does this team compare to last season's, and, you know, what are your feelings on this team being a Stanley Cup contender? I think they are a Stanley Cup contender. You'll love to hear it. <laughs> well, apparently, you know, my, my word is, means very little among Islander, among Islander <laughs> country, considering I still, people still thought I was going to get traded this deadline. To another podcast. Yeah, look, we, it came down to the wire. And uh, we actually, <laughs> actually, funny enough, uh, Duguay and I, we, we had a deal, but it was too late. We, we didn't get the facts in until after 3 o'clock. So uh, I'm stuck with you. Oh, yeah. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, but I'm not going to tell you what was on the table, what was going to be in the deal. I am curious. I had to, I'm I had curious to, about that deal. That I, was I, had to, I had to throw in some extras, let me tell you. Some sweetness? Some sweetness, if you will. <laughs> but, uh, but alas... I do think the Islanders are Stanley Cup contenders. I think that the moves that they made at the deadline filled the exact needs that they had. I think that Kyle Palmieri and and adding Zajac into that deal adds the the two pieces that you needed to to get at this point in the season at the deadline. Um, You needed to to upgrade that that wing of the top line. You needed to get that depth forward as well, and Zajac and Palmieri fit that bill. And they're guys that fit the Islanders' Style. They're guys that can be right. placed in different situations, different parts of the lineup, and still succeed. And I think that's exactly what the Islanders were looking for, and they got that in both of those guys. Again, the surprise was Zajac being in that deal, which I think kind of sweetened the pot that Lou Lamarillo didn't have to go out on trade deadline day and find that extra depth guy because he already had gotten it in the first deal that he made. Yeah, didn't see that coming, but I like it. I definitely like that addition to the deal. And, you know, they were able to get the Devils to take 50% off. Right. I'm sure the first-round draft pick had a lot to do with that. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Yeah. yeah. But, but look, again. Did you say they took 50% off? 50% off. Yeah. Just kind of well, like the... Uh, eight 50% of the salary. I don't know. The way you phrased that was very comical. It's 50% off. Like, 50% off. Like when you go to Walmart. It was a bogo. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it was it's a bogo. bogo. <laughs> yeah. Buy one Palmieri, get one Zajac for half off. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. But you got both of them half off. Yes. Yes, so, I mean, right. but but on joking aside, I think it, it <laughs> that helped too. Obviously, having New Jersey eat half of the half of their contracts, yeah, giving yeah, them course. a little more wiggle room to go out and make a deal right. if they felt they had an option of adding someone else. And I think, as Arthur kind of correctly pointed out, usually if we're hearing from external 
sources that mm-hmm. the Islanders were in on sp- someone specific, especially with Lou Lamorello as the head of the organization. That's probably not going to happen, or it was never on the table at that point. So that's right. um, a good point by Arthur that that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think the loss of Anders Lee was was a huge thing. And I think I, I think one of the most unfortunate things that will be if the Islanders do, let's say, end up and they go to the Cup final and they they win, let's say, is that. You know, you're not going to have 27 on the ice there battling with the rest of his his teammates. And the, uh, you know, you look at the guy, the player that he's developed into, yeah. and, the, and the character, person, and leader in that locker room. And obviously, he's still somewhat around the organization, around the team, um, not necessarily on a day to day basis, but he is around them from what Barry Trotz has told us, uh, which is is still great. Yeah, but it, it is would be unfortunate if this is the year that they win that they don't do it with their captain and and. and on the ice, looking at that, that is a big loss because you do lose that net front presence. You lose that sure, that, sure. that quality guy on the ice, and you lose someone who's been a huge leader in kind of directing the Islanders, especially through some of those really tough times. And um, even when they go through rough stretches, you lose that, that leadership voice in the locker room. That's, that's tough. Well, hey, maybe he pulls a Steve Stamkos, and uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals, he comes out for a shift or two and puts a goal in the net. Remember that last year against Dallas? That would be cool. Right? That would be cool. Maybe they throw him out for the power play, throw him <laughs> in front of the net, he gets one off his butt, and then he sits in the bench for the rest of the game. You never know. But if they're, if they're fortunate enough to get that far, I mean, Anders Lee is so much of a not-a-me guy. Like, obviously, it's killing him that he's not involved oh, in this run right but now. That's... Obviously, it will kill him every step of the way if he's not out there being a part of it. Of course, any 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 athlete would feel that way but i think that's what makes it so much more i don't want uh, tragic i feel like is an over dramatization but that's what makes it almost so much more unfortunate because that's the kind of guy he is that's why he needs to be out on the ice more because he, <laughs> yeah. he's such a team first guy that it, it, it almost pains me to watch someone like that not be rewarded for that type of style and that type of leadership that he already has and um i mean obviously he you know he'd get his name on the cup and everything like that but get a ring um he'd get a ring well, and all that but he knows as well as anybody that it takes it's Bellish. so difficult just to get there at all right so He's going to be behind these guys if and when. We're getting way ahead of ourselves here. I mean, I kind of love it, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I guess but, I, get it, I guess it leads to what you were actually asking me in your question. Yes, I do think the Islanders are a Stanley Cup contender enough to have this conversation with you right now mm. on camera, recorded, that we're saying these things because it is a reality at this point. And I think it's a reality that Brian Compton, you know, kind of pointed to that... You know, people kind of have to accept the Islanders are, are good. They're legit contenders. Yeah, they are. Um, you know, you look at the moves they made at the deadline, they have bolstered their position as legitimate contenders. They've fortified those spots where they were somewhat lacking. They've fortified that that spot where you lose some of that leadership where you don't have an honors league. Now they've brought that in with Kyle Palmieri and Travis Ajak. Um, you know, you needed that scoring winger. Well, you've brought that with Kyle Palmieri. Again, his season has not been great because he's been playing on a bad New York, New Jersey Ranger, a New Jersey Devils team. <laughs> New Jersey Rangers. New Jersey Devils team. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Well done. And <laughs> that has impacted the fact that he has consistently been a 20-plus goal scorer. And I don't think that should be lost on anybody. So you put him on the line with a guy like Oliver Wallstrom, who has been um, very good since he's come into the lineup on a consistent basis. And you only and you give him a J.G. Pajot. You give him those weapons to be successful and put players that can create opportunity and create scoring chances for you, 
I mean, those those numbers are bound to increase. Pajot had to play a very patient game here, but you got to figure he's probably pretty happy with the guys he's got flanking him now after the carousel of players he it's, had since the beginning of the season. It's right? been a whirlwind. I mean, yeah. you look at you look at guys, and look, it's not a knock on, on the Michael Dow Coles or, or the, the Kiefer Bellows, the Kiefer Bellows right. or the Leo Komarovs that have all been on there, and Leo Komarov obviously a first line winger, first line winger. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he's he's paid his dues this season to get to a point where you're playing with uh, a Kyle Palmieri and an Oliver Wallstrom. And I think that is definitely going to benefit the Islanders in the long run as well. Yeah, I At least agree. this season, anyway. The yeah. long run this season as we hit that stretch run towards the playoffs. We're here, man. This is it. This is the stretch run. Spring is in the air. And it's gonna be it's gonna be tough hockey from here on out. I'm excited, man. But we have some more things to talk about. But before it gets any later, I, I will think... I will agree with Doc Ed. By the way, oh yeah, there is probably nothing worse than the New Jersey Rangers. <sighs> <laughs> I suppose that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, never thought of it that way. Well, because I you never thought of me fumbling the two teams into one. Well, I did think of you fumbling things, but maybe not oh, that, that specific. Hundred percent. No, but but <laughs> <laughs> I, what? But it, but two Pajot and two two Wallstrom are. To have them now with someone like uh, Kyle Palmieri, I think is is such a is such a benefit. Again, like I was saying earlier as well, having Palmieri there as another leader and another support to uh, you know Oliver Wallstrom, I, I, it just does him uh, does him a world of good going forward. Well, and I guess since we're on this, let's let's hit this real quick. Do you prefer him? And I'll I'll, I'll send this out to the people in the chat too if they want to chime in. Do you prefer Palmieri on that third line with? Pajot and Wallstrom, or would you like to see him with Barzell and Eberle? I would like to see him in, uh, ideally with Barzell and Eberle. Okay, but I won't. I, you know, you look at how they played in the in that game against the Rangers for for a part of it. I think that that's not a bad fit for e- anybody there either. So it, it certainly, I don't think, takes anything away from bringing Paul Murray if you're having him play with Pajot or, or Wallstrom because those are certainly guys that know how to create offensive opportunity and uh, apparently make wonderful shirts because. I was noticing What's the that? shirt as I was <clears throat> as as I was talking, but your uh, Wallstrom or Wally shirt. That's right. That's right. Looks very good on you. Oh, thanks a lot, buddy. Appreciate that. Yeah, brand new. Wall- it was on my cue cards. You don't take notes. Everybody knows that. <laughs> we've we've covered that. We we know that's a bunch of BS. But but nice segue there. Yeah, brand new shirt here over at HockeyNightNY.com. The Wally amazing hockey player shirt. You can get on sale with promo code HNINY10. And uh, you get yourself a nice little shirt. Celebrate number 26. We've got sizes small through 2XL. So if you like what you see, check it out, you know. Nice little Oliver Wallstrom shirt. Nice job, buddy. Love it when you plug the stuff. Yeah. Again, I was told to, so <laughs> I do what I'm told. <laughs> okay. Good boy, then. <laughs> good boy. All right, folks. I think I, think, I don't think it looks good on you. It looks yeah, like you're it's a nice shirt. It's a nice off, shirt. But it doesn't look good on me. But it doesn't look good on you. That's fine. It's going to look good on everybody else. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, I think we got to get to the hero. It's and honestly, late. if you do buy a shirt, we, oh, would love, <laughs> we would love to see you put it on social media Twitter, yeah, Instagram, yes. uh, the Facebook, if you still have it, if you're still a person that uses Facebook. Sure. Um, MySpace. Yeah. MySpace, yeah, um, Friendster. Live if you if you if you have any of those, Tumblr. once you order your <laughs> once you order your shirt, 
do us a favor. We'd love to see everyone rocking those shirts. If you're at the barn, if you're enjoying yeah. a beverage at um, the living room, the living room. Well, I was trying to think of the place in Rockville Center that we always plug. Oh, RJ Daniels. Yeah. Well, we're going to do that later. Yeah. Don't worry. But yeah, I was, yeah, if you're Daniels. at RJ Daniels, Oyster Bay Brewing Company, anywhere, yes. rocking your Wally shirt, watching Islander game, drinking yes. drinking a beverage of, of your choice. Show us how much better you look in the shirt than I do. Send how us about that? a picture. Tag us on Instagram, Hockey Night NY. Tweet at us at Hockey Night NY. Also that. And we would love to see it. And, of course, we'll we'll try and share it as well. People uh, rocking Oh, we're going to share. We're not going to try. We're going to share. We're exactly. going to spread the word. So with that, it's time for the Hero of the Week, folks, when you hear this song. That means we're going to talk about maybe two players, at least one. Or if you're wearing it to Blue Line Deli, getting a sandwich. Also that place, too. Yeah. The Hero of the Week brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels half price Hero, which this week is the Selly that comes with grills, grilled roast beef, sautéed onion, mushrooms, fresh mozzarella on a toasted garlic. Hero, get it half price all week starting tomorrow. That's Tuesday through Sunday where we will announce a brand new half off Hero. Stop on in, mention Hockey Night in New York, and get half off the Selly. It's right there on your screen if you're watching. Looks delicious. I'm getting hungry. I'm starving. Yeah. Yeah, the, the roast beast at Blue Line Deli and Bagels is second to none. Second to none. Did you say roast beast on purpose? Or? I surely did. Okay, thank God. Yeah, the roast beast. So, I think the, I think the Selly is the only sandwich, that the only hero of the week that we've had that I have not tried yet. Well, it's time you get on that because they do great work over there. I know they do. As we've talked about. Yes. So, I've been there. You have. You have. So, Christian, you go first this week. So I would like you to share with me and with all our viewers and listeners out there who your hero of the week is. Well, I think this is a man who deserves to be hero of the week, not only for his usual performance on the ice in the defensive zone, okay, also being one of the Islanders' best defensemen on the ice, but getting the game winner against the New York Rangers and finally getting that monkey off of his back, his first goal of the season, of course, I'm talking about. Sure. Who am I talking about? Ryan Pulak. Is. Ryan Pulak. I was waiting for you to hit the button. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know, but in all seriousness, he absolutely deserves to be the hero of the week, getting the game winner against the New York Rangers. And I think that you're finally, him getting that goal, that first goal of the season, getting, like I said, getting that monkey off the back, getting it so close to this, not only the stretch run, which we've hit to the playoffs, but getting it so close now to that part of the season where we're talking about the postseason, I think is such a, a big thing for the Islanders because they need as many offensive weapons as they can get. They need that scoring spur down to as many players as they can get. And having a guy who has a, a phenomenal shot, a powerful shot like Ryan Pulak, having him out there and feeling more confident. And I think you're going to start to see that confidence start to uh, be a little bit more present in the offensive zone with the puck and maybe not hitting as much glass and more net this time. <laughs> yeah, look, no matter who you are, you go through over half of a season without a goal. When you're a guy like Ryan Pulak, it's going to weigh on you, you know? Yeah. And some guys handle it differently. Some guys grip the stick a little tighter than others. But you could see the relief in that celebration. He oh. was thrilled. I, I, <laughs> he was thrilled. You could tell every every ounce of him was just yeah. over the moon to finally get that over with. And it was a big one. You could, I think you could sense the frustration a little bit as the, as things had gone yeah. on with him not putting the, you know, finding the back of the net there. And, sure. and as you mentioned, hitting, uh, hitting so many glass, uh, glass panes instead of the net. So it definitely, I think, was weighing on him a little bit. Never impacted his defensive game. You always saw him make a lot of smart, good defensive plays. But where you, I think you kind of still felt it was obviously that offensive game. He's not going to put up a ton of goals for you, but sorry, I, I know <laughs> you okay. keep wanting sorry. to talk, keep but going. keep going. <laughs> but. 
you know he's always good for a couple goals every year, especially yeah, with a shot yeah. like that. And you're going to need that during the postseason for sure. But, but also, no, but all, yes, but all. <laughs> <laughs> so Barry Trotz, speaking of that, actually had a pretty good quote after the game. He he discussed the fact that it was Ryan's first goal of the season, and he said, despite that fact, he thinks it's his best season overall. Yeah. yeah. So what does that say? I well, again, I think it goes to he's playing that style of hockey that Barry Trotz wants, and always that starts in the defensive end, and. You're seeing him play so confidently there that it kind of, it not that it makes it okay, but it kind of soothes over the fact that the offensive numbers aren't where he'd like it to be, let alone where everyone else I'm sure would like it to be. So, but when you're getting him as your top defenseman or you know the top defensive pairing, I think he's doing exactly what you want in that end of the ice, and that says a lot that Barry Trotz is saying this is his best year, at least that you know I'm sure he's coached him. So, uh, that, right. that's that speaks volumes to the way Pulak has played, even though he's not putting up the production that he would like offensively sure for sure no him and Pelic have been a great pair I yeah. mean you know you look at the advanced stats and everything which I still look go cross-eyed when I try to check them out but uh they're all over the top uh, there was a there was a piece in the athletic that wasn't Arthur Staple I forget who exactly it was but they were they were basically talking about Norris candidates I actually think it was Dom uh LeCision. I think he was I think it was like a team team between him and somebody else they kind of covered this whole thing with the Norris trophy and Pelic and Pulick's name both came up there they obviously acknowledged the fact that you usually need more offensive numbers to really be in the conversation, right. but they did. They did, you know, kind of hone in on the fact that they were having such good seasons as far as advanced stats go right. and keeping the puck out of that and whatnot. So it's nice to see that they're getting recognized because they are a fantastic pairing. Absolutely. But now it's time my for your turn hero of the week for hero of the week, and I'm going uh, a little off the board here. In fact, somebody in the chat already guessed ah. who it is, and I'm going to show you. See, I, w- I right was now going to pick that, but I didn't know if hero of the week could be. Everyone's on the table, pal. Right. Especially that guy right there, Louis Lamps, Louis Lamarillo, my hero of the week. Because once again, I said it earlier, two for two. On trade deadlines here, I think he did a fantastic job getting yeah. Palmieri, getting Zajac. That was a great bonus to me. I said it before. I didn't, didn't see that coming. And just another... No one saw it coming. No. Who who would? Who would, Christian? Especially in the middle of a Wednesday night at, at 8 o'clock right. or whatever it was. So they get Palmieri, who's obviously going to help fill the shoes as best he can of Anders Lee. They have another weapon now. Another guy who uh, was looking at this, too. Apparently, he was like 6th. Over the last however many years uh, in power play goals behind guys like Matthews and stuff like that. So the guy, <laughs> I know I should be a little more accurate with that description, but, you know, you get the point. <laughs> the, guy, the guy scores a lot of power play goals. He does a good job. So they obviously need that we because they do a bad job. Here. Right, exactly. And we're very thorough. <laughs> but Lou Lamarillo does a great job bringing those guys in. And, you know, I, I'm always going to wonder what they might have done if they didn't have Anders Lee. Right. If he, uh, sorry, if they did have Anders Lee, if he wasn't hurt. How would they have approached the deadline if he was if he was healthy? Well, we'll never know. We won't unless Lou Much writes like, the book and he shouts right. me out and says, "Hey, Sean, remember that trade deadline? If if Anders had been there, this is what I would have done." Well, much like yeah. how many how many licks it takes to get to the middle of a tootsie tootsie pop, tootsie pop. the world will never know. Wow, I'm surprised you even know that that's a thing because that's a really old commercial, man. They ran it in like the, the 90s answer is one, a two, a three, so three. So three. Yeah. yeah, it that's wasn't three because the. Gosh darn owl bit it. And yeah, no. That actually he, always annoyed he, me. I kind of wanted he to took, push the owl. He took he a shortcut. Jerk. Yeah, it's, that's not official. It's actually a lot more. <laughs> it's a lot more than three. But uh, but speaking of being two for two, Christian, I'm going to toot my own horn here for a second. I am also two for two at the deadline because not only did I predict the Islanders were going to pick up Kyle Palmieri this year, last year when Tony was filling your shoes, I said they're going to get J.G. Pajot. And what did they do, ladies and gentlemen? They got J.G. Pajot. 
I mean, I think we both felt like Palmieri was the one they were going to get if they were going to make a move. So. Well, I was a little louder about it, you know. I mean, there was okay. even a clip, you know, proving it, you know, the kind of show that oh, I, I was I wonder who cut said. that clip. That was you, remember? It was remember not it was me. That was totally huh. I remember that. <laughs> it's funny how that works. So, folks, there are your heroes of, of the, the week. week. Ryan Pollock, Louis Lamarillo. Great job from those guys. Brought to you by the Blue Line Deli Sandwich of the Week. Half price hero Christian the Selly grilled roast beef sautéed onion mushrooms fresh mozzarella on a so toasted right now. garlic hero. Well, if you you can go grab some real quick if you don't mind, I'll wait for you. I here. can't. I believe Blue Landelli is closed. closed. They close at four p.m. They're not open. Maybe maybe just hang out outside in the morning, wait for them to open. Get <laughs> them <laughs> for breakfast. So the train rolls on here. Got a couple. A few more things to cover before we go. We good, we go with that? I think you want to do listener questions now, viewer questions. We can do, yeah. Let's do some viewer questions. So, folks, if you're still with us, <laughs> why don't we, uh, why don't, yeah, we'll do some questions. If I'll, you're not, I totally understand. Christian will make some up. Sean is tough to look at for an hour. That's a lie. That's not nice. <laughs> That's not nice. So, I'm going to plug right now our friends over at RJ Daniels in Rockville Center. They are the place to be to watch Islander games if you can't make it to the Coliseum or if they're on the road and you don't feel like driving to Boston. Go to R.J. Daniels in Rockville Center, 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center from pregame until the final horn. They will have specials such as $5 16-ounce Born Rocker Ales, $14 pitchers, $17 domestic buckets, $4 domestic bottles or pints, and they always have food specials as well. Great staff over there. Excellent people. Our boy Mikey over there does a great job. He'll probably be the one serving you drinks. If not, great staff otherwise. R.J. Daniels, the place to be for Islander games. Christian, let's hear it, pal. What do we got? Well, I would like to, uh, B. Lars 89 asks, do listeners get a discount on the Wally shirt? So I oh, figured well, that would be the first question. Well, sure. Ask. He must have missed it before, but I did throw a promo code out there, buddy. You get... 10% off if you use promo code H-N-I-N-Y-10. So, yes. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. All right. There we go. So, that's the first <laughs> question. We were asked a question earlier. Uh, this was from Claudia1056. A question sort of out of left field. Her words, not mine. <laughs> okay. Out of Koivula, why have we not heard anything about him? Also, Simon Holmstrom update. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll hit Koivula. You hit Holmstrom. How about that? Okay. Otto Koivula. He's just a victim of the depth. I mean, <laughs> that's just really what it is. Uh, he's still he's still got a potentially promising career ahead of him. I mean, he, he has showed some good flashes when he got into the lineup. Obviously, you saw what he did in the bridge not too long ago. But you look at the guys that are ahead of him, especially once once Oliver Wallstrom solidified himself as a, as a guy who was going to stick around on this team, that just bumped Otto Koivula down, down the roster further. Also, Bellows with his flashes, too, because... Look, you came into the season, and, and maybe you had higher hopes for Bellows and Wallstrom, but right. maybe you kind of had those guys on more of an even level where who's going to step up and kind of be the young guy that, that maybe takes over a role. And I think Koivula back then might have been part of that conversation. But, you know, they go with Bellows in the beginning of the year. He gets, what, four or five games to start, whatever it may be. Then they kind of flip-flop. They throw Wallstrom in there, and everybody's seen what he's done. I mean, we made a damn T-shirt because the guy was <laughs> <laughs> playing so well. Oh, is that why we did it? Eh, in part. So, you know, it's just – He's just a victim of numbers, and, and that happens to a lot of guys, you know, throughout this league. And, you know, maybe he's a guy that ends up getting a look elsewhere because the truth is I don't see him getting near the Islanders roster unless they just have a ton of injuries because even beyond Bellows and Wallstrom, who Be- Bellows isn't in there right now, Dal Cole was getting more ice time in there. They love their Leo Kamara, first-line left winger. And, <laughs> and Ross Johnson, before he got hurt, he was getting time too. So I think 
look, we've certainly learned that Barry Trotz has his, I don't want to say favorites, but he, he develops trust with certain players and comfort with certain players, even if, even if you know, the fans don't. But clearly he has his guys that he likes in that lineup that he feels good about, that he trusts to go out there and do the right thing. And unfortunately, Koivula, in this long-winded answer, is a victim of all that. <laughs> so I hope that satisfies your question. And now I will toss it to Christian for Holmstrom. I mean, I think that was a great answer. Wonderful. Thanks, brother. I would agree with Appreciate what Sean that. said. Thank you. As far as Holmstrom goes, he's down in the AHL playing for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. He has five points, so that's three goals and two assists, on a Bridgeport Sound Tigers team that, I mean, they're playing a – a, you know, a 24 game season against two teams. <laughs> so strange. The Providence Bruins and yeah. the Hartford Wolfpack. So, Wolfpack. Wolfpack. Just trying to stifle oh. a. Uh, You're good. You're yeah. good. Um, so, uh, my imagination as far as why you haven't heard about a bunch about him, because really haven't heard it much about Bridgeport in general. I mean, they're playing. That's true. The AHL is playing a season. I mean, I, we don't even know if they're having playoffs this year, let alone, I mean, teams are playing different amounts of, amounts of games. It's good that the Islands are just getting guys like Holmstrom and, and other players an opportunity to play on a somewhat consistent basis it's considering literally the circumstances. just but, a way to get these guys in the ice. But, yeah, that's really it. I mean, I think you're looking at uh, a more more or less glorified scrimmages over you know these 24 yes. games or so. Yes. Um, and, and Holmstrom, I believe, is still part of the equation. He's still on the Islanders' yeah. depth chart when it comes to – prospects and, and guys that they want to see at the NHL level. It's just this year, kind of like Koivula, he's a victim of the circumstance. In this case, it's a it's a very, very short AHL season, and there just wasn't room for him on the NHL or the taxi squad level here right now that made sense for him to be up here. So he's still part of the equation. We'll see where it goes from there. And this is such a, a, a weird anomaly. Don't count him out as far as being a prospect in this organization or still people having hope that he will be a, a big part of the organization going forward. But this year, it, you know, it's just not the year for guys like that to make a jump. Right, and, and you could actually look at that as a, as a very strong positive in the sense that it kind of flips the script for the New York Islanders if you're looking over the years. is They're in a situation where they don't have to rely on these guys. They don't have to bring them up too soon. Right. They can let them oh, bake huge. and yeah. marinate, whether it's overseas. You're it's, hungry, aren't you? I, dude, once I saw that roast beast, my friend, I got, I got, I got famished. I am ready to eat. But, but yes, it's it's a good thing to see because these guys because look I used to always look at teams like you know in the ni- late nineties and stuff like that like I look right. at the Devils and the Red Wings and they were just every season right they're always towards the top of the standings but every season they would just plug in these names look if if you're not a draft guru they're put <laughs> they're plugging in these guys that you never heard of but. They fit like a glove, and all of a sudden they're putting up 20, 25 goals every year. You never heard of them before because they're coming in maybe a little later, 22, 23, 24 years old. They're able to kind of come up through those systems, which were just magnificent back then. Yeah. And they kept churning out successful seasons, whether they were winning cups or going deep in the playoffs. So that's something you want to see with your organization. If, if you're saying, hey, what's going on with this guy? You know, it's probably a good sign because that means they're out of the picture. They're not being relied upon by the yeah. main team. Because the truth is, if the Islanders were relying on guys like Holmstrom and Koivula this year, that'd be a problem. They probably wouldn't be as successful as they are right now, as they are right now. So I say it's a good thing. And whether they end up being a part of the club in the future or not, either that happens or right. they become an asset that they can deal for something else to help the team. It's all good stuff. Very good answer. Very good answer, Sean. You too, pal. Thanks, buddy. Teamwork. When you look, uh, when I'm looking at the questions here, the next one I see is from Doc underscore ad. Uh, question, how long until we see Palms, Palmieri, 
on the first <laughs> right, line. That, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Um, or you think we see Zajac there for the foreseeable future? I think we're going to see that switch. I think we're going to see Palmieri up there eventually. And I don't think it's just going to be a product of the Islanders are having a hard time scoring through midway through the second and he wants to get a different look. I think he's actually going to put that line together at some point. I think he's going to want to get that look. Because, again, even though Palmieri isn't Anders Lee, I think that it benefits this team to, to get a look with that guy who can score has the ability to score 20, 25 goals, see how he kind of meshes with Barzell and with Eberle. And if it's not now, that's fine. Right, you know, see see what you can get out of these guys. Because again, I, I, I you know, singing the praises, the depth, the forward depth of this team, and and that's kind of a luxury that Barry Trotz has right, right now, where he can mix and match and see what works and see how he can spread the talent around the lineup. Because here's the thing: if you can get Barzell and Eberly going with Zajac next to him, and then you have Paul Mary Wallstrom and Pajot. Pot and goals in, in that third third line role as well. And then you can spread, spread the scoring around the lineup. I mean, that's not to, t- you know, uh, forget about the second line as well. Right. But the point is, I mean, I like any one of those lines on the ice. You fl- And even if you flip Palmieri and, and Zajac, I still like all those lines going on the ice. And we all know what the fourth line does. We all know what their role is, when they get out there, why they get out there. So I'm, I have no problem seeing all four of those lines go out there, but... Uh, I, I would like to eventually see Palmieri get up there, and, and I'm sure we'll, we eventually will. Yeah, I, you know, I think I'm, I'm looking at the schedule because I am I am curious to see how much time the Islanders kind of have to figure it out, and it's not a lot. No. I would imagine if we're going to see that transition happen, it's going to be within the next week or so because you have Boston twice this week. You're going to probably give them some uh, time to sort of figure out where things are. They have some practice time, so that'll work as well. But then they have Philadelphia, obviously, kind of out of it at this point. But New Jer- New- the New York Rangers are still kind of there. They play them next week, and then you have three straight games against the Washington Capitals. By that point, you Islanders, ideally, in this circumstance, are still battling out for that first-place spot with the Capitals. You'd like to have that set in stone because at that point, after that the three-game set with the Capitals, you have the Rangers again. You have the um, New York Rangers twice, actually. There you go. And then you have the Buffalo Sabres, New Jersey Devils twice, and the and the Boston Bruins. The you would tag like to on have at the end with the yeah, Bruins. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot the game that was moved there. But you'd All like right. to have that that lineup set, especially going into that playoff spot, yeah, the playoff picture, especially sure. once you hit that last, uh, that middle week of, of May, you want to know, all right, Paul Mary's here, Zajac's here, our lines are set at this point, and we're not doing the line shuffling like we've done earlier in the season. Yeah, and unless the Islanders don't care about a division title or matchups, they're not resting anybody through right. that stretch because you got three teams right now, maybe four, if, if and when Boston catches up and games played. Mm-hmm. All vying for positioning. I mean, this is going to be a seesaw battle. We said this at the beginning of the season. Seesaw. 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 So we said that basically... She the- sells seashells by the seesaw. Se- seashore. Yeah. Come on, man. If you're going to do it, at least nail it. I was not going to nail it. No, you didn't. So <laughs> we said at the beginning of the season that the positioning is probably going to come down to the final 10 games of the season. And it looks like that's exactly what's going to happen. Whoever gets hot, right? And you see Philly, right. they've tailed off. Again, don't know what happened to those guys, but they're out of the picture. Now the Rangers, uh, too little, too late. They're playing better, but as far as I'm concerned, it's too late for the Rangers to get back in the mix unless the Islanders are really charitable through, the, through these <laughs> last four games that they have against them or whatever it is. And, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a – I think it's going to be a four-horse race here to see what the position – I think Boston's going to catch up. And I think we're going to see these guys vying for positioning. So you, you kind of look at that schedule and you look at Buffalo and, and, and New Jersey there at the end, you're like, that's, that's a nice stretch of eight possible points there. 
So next question comes from Kerball thirteen, and they ask: Come playoffs, who would you most prefer as a first round matchup? Now I think we've addressed this. Too. We did. I gave an answer. I don't think you did though. You said the Pittsburgh Penguins. I did say the Pittsburgh and insulted Penguins. the entire Pittsburgh organization. Well, I guess whoever you picked, that's who you're insulting, right? So now it's your turn to um, insult somebody. I think that ideally, when you look at the matchups that that the Islanders potentially have, I, I mean, I think they're all going to be tough. I think they're all going to be tough. I, I don't agree think with there's you there. one. I don't think there's one that's yeah. better, a better matchup, or that I would prefer over another. To be honest with you, I think that's a <laughs> really slimy way of picking a picking a team. No, no. I, I, I see. I don't see. I wouldn't I pick do agree Pittsburgh. With you. I wouldn't pick, pick Pittsburgh because that's the team that's going to screw you in the playoffs. Because that's the team that screwed you all season long. For whatever reason, that's the team that gets up every game and plays the Islanders really well mm. at their own game and finds a way to beat them in the regular season. Now, I know, point, I know point. you say it doesn't translate to the postseason necessarily, mm. but I don't. I'm I'm not 100 percent a subscriber to that theory. Okay, you don't. Have and to I be. think that kind of fits over. Okay, I would say if I had to pick, and I'm getting yelled at to pick, <laughs> you literally are getting. Yelled I would at say that. I'd want Boston. Okay, I'd want Boston because you know the success that they've had, and you know that they're gonna. They've already played. Playoff style hockey games against the Bruins. Almost every matchup they played this right during the regular season, and I think that while I think Boston would be much better in the playoffs, and I think their game would be on a different level than it was during the regular season, I still think the Islanders match up much better in that circumstance than they than they would against the Pittsburgh. How do you like Boston with Taylor Hall? I'm curious to see how it pans out. I don't know if it makes much of a difference at this point mm. because. I mean, I've always felt like Boston's style of play is a much more physical, aggressive style of play, similar to what the Islanders play. Not necessarily more offensive style game. Like I think a Taylor Hall would fit in a different team. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it plays out. I don't necessarily know and if it makes are, yeah. the biggest difference in the world for Boston. Mm. I think if you put them on a team like, and again, this wouldn't happen considering the circumstances and everything that you put them on a Washington. Mm. Um, you moved him to a Western Conference team that needed that, or, or you know, let's say he somehow a trade with, to the Northern Division or whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> oh, you don't have that sponsor down? I believe it's the no. Scotia Division. Yeah, actually. that makes sense. Yeah, um, you know, there might be a better fit. Better fit there. I don't know if, if Boston is a good fit for Taylor Hall because I think they do play a similar style to the Islanders. But I think the Islanders, when it comes to that similar style, I think the Islanders play it better. They do this year. They didn't last year, but that. Script has flipped. I've used that term again tonight. <laughs> it's all right. Love that. I was cliches. Hooray, cliches. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, the Islanders have Boston's number, and I think Brian Lar- B. Lars eighty nine just snuck. I don't know, pal Brian over there just snuck in another question. How out. crucial? Oh, you want to read it? How crucial will it be? Well, you didn't answer me, so you just sat there. I started reading. How crucial will it be for the Islanders to get home ice in the playoffs based on their home record? I think it's. Oh, you were gonna, it looks like you were going to take it. No, no, I was going to let you talk. <laughs> All right. Your mouth is moving. Um, Nothing was going think out. I think it is crucial. I think it's very crucial. And just because not only how well they've played yeah. at home, but they haven't been great on the road. I mean, look, they've kind of done what you hope for on the road, and that's kind of hang around a, fifth, a 500 record, which I believe they are without having the exact numbers in front of me. But, yeah, it's huge, and it's made a huge difference even in these last couple of years now under Barry Trotz. I mean, they were able to get out ahead of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then they just, you know, they stepped on their throats and they swept them. And I, I think it made a huge difference to, well, I mean, look, it's, it's, it's obviously a different home ice when you're playing in the, in the bubble. Right, but still, I, I think there is something to be said for those. But the Islanders played well without fans in the building. 
Exactly. They were great without fans in the building. But also, I really think there is something, too, those those minor advantages you get as the home team, whether it's yeah. the last change and whatnot, uh, you know, elastic down in the faceoff and stuff. It goes a long way. I really do. I don't, I, again, I think this year, we've talked about it before, I think yeah. the bigger thing is just the normalcy that you have, and, and the players have talked about it so much. It's just the little bit more normalcy that you have compared to when you're on the road as an NHL player you're still in a bubble per se. Like you can't go out and explore the city. You're not, you're not not supposed to, you know, you're kind of confined to your hotel room. You're kind of confined to, um, you know, these, the, the arena, you don't have that freedom. You at home, you have a little bit more freedom. By the way, the Islanders are 18, two and two at home compared to a nine, nine and two, 500. Well, NHL 500. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's understood. Well, I feel like you got to just say it. You have to qualify. You got to qualify it. Yeah. If you say so, but but not only but see now you talk about the fans and you'd like to think that the amount of fans allowed into the building is going to continue to increase as time goes on here. I mean, think about that. You're not going to get a full building right. once the middle of May comes around. But I mean, how how raucous is that? Whatever it is, three thousand, four thousand, maybe if you're lucky, five thousand fans going to be. You know, when those playoffs start, everybody's going to know and remember that this is really, really, really officially going to be the last season at the Nassau Coliseum. (laughs) And what a way to go out, right? To just have a deep playoff run, maybe win a Stanley Cup. I mean, if I I, want to get into that building when those playoffs comes around, those playoffs come around because it's going to be an absolute fantastic time. So, you know, you you, you start to weigh the, the fan interaction. And yeah, that's a huge advantage, too. So, yeah, Brian. Definitely want to get that home ice, which is why I don't think there's going to be anybody resting once you get to those final, you know, five to seven games, whatever it is, because all these teams are going to be tight in points, vying for positioning and vying for that home ice. So you're going to see full squads going out there trying to win every game, and so they're going to try to hammer the Buffalo Sabers and the New Jersey Devils six to one if they can. You know, oh, I agree. At the end of the season, I agree. Yeah, um, yeah. I think home. I think we agree on why home ice is is important still. Mm-hmm. Maybe for different aspects at this point, yeah. but home ice is still important, and you see the way the Islanders played on the road compared to the way they've played at home, and it, it is very evident. Although interesting that, as Sean has said two minutes ago, that he doesn't think things carry over from the regular season to the postseason. He is acknowledging that their home ice success during the regular season will carry over into the postseason. <sighs> you trying to you trying to put, <laughs> pin, pin me against the wall here, man? Look. Uh, uh, let's let's face it. I'm, there's, up or I'm a backtrack on everything I just said. Wow, uh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to stick by everything I said. But look, uh, none of this stuff is an exact science, right? You kind of it's all it's all vibes and feelings, man. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought no. you were getting away from the cliches. <sighs> I'm trying, man. You know, like it's live. You try your best. You know, you're on the spot. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> look. Uh, Oh, brother. Why are you doing this to me? Look, I, I, no, no, you're right. You're right. Sean, don't even just double speak out of both ends of his mouth. We'll, we'll just we'll just keep moving on. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Fine. I'm sure Jerk. I'm sure if I did that, you wouldn't say a word. So we'll just move on. We'll move on. I think we've I like had it. a tremendous show. You've made some great <laughs> points, Sean. And I just can't disagree with them at all. That's usually the case, man. It's usually the case. You did not at all speak out of both ends I, of I, mouth. I didn't. I, I was talking about different things. I said nothing having to do with the carryover from the teams that you beat before. It was the whole home ice thing. It's different. It's different. You're reaching. I'm not. You are. You're really <laughs> trying to get me here. You I'm didn't. Not. You didn't. All right. 
All right. Well, now that you brought it to to that awkward situation, I'm trying to see what else we got here. If this, I mean, look, Ilya Sorokin still shining. Eight straight yeah. wins at home. Yep. He's looking good. Josh Bailey, he got his fifth five fifth hundredth. That's fifth not a hundred. word. That's not a number or a word. Is he got five hundred five hundredth point against the Washington Capitals on Tuesday? Lou Lamarillo, he passed Glenn Sather now with the second most wins as a general manager. Uh, I believe Ross Johnson's still in the IR. Is that true? Is he okay? Is he coming back? Well, you cover the team, so I figured you might have some insight on that. <laughs> well, we don't. We haven't talked to Barry yet, so we will find out. We will talk to Barry the end of the day off, so we'll talk to Barry tomorrow when presumably they practice. Okay, we don't and have we'll to recap. Get the, an update. Okay, we don't got to recap the games. Everybody saw them. Uh, the Islanders didn't play that well. Everybody's acknowledged that, even though yeah. they still took One. six out of eight <laughs> points, which is good. That's what good teams do. Right. That's what everybody's been saying this week, right? Yeah, cliche. Right, another cliche. <laughs> and but you know, a little alarm. Got to grind they, it they, out. They, they battled hard. <laughs> got to put in one hundred and ten percent. Yeah, you know, it's 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 not me, it's we. Um, but you know, one I think one thing you got to keep an eye on is they did cough up two two goal leads this week, right. one to the Rangers, one to the Flyers, and that's not very Islander like. And they had a bad second period, bad bad second. It's not period. been their period, it's not been their period, but it was. No. More, I feel like it was more pronounced than it's been in a while, especially on Sunday. Um, it felt like their game just just fluttered away. I agree, I agree, but here's the, here's the good thing, which I more or less already said, is right. the fact that. Even though they are not at the top of their game they're right now. They're still winning games. They're still winning yeah. games. No, no, they're still I get getting that. points. And not to say that's what good teams do again, but, <laughs> but... But that's what good teams do. It's true. But... But that's what excellent organizations manage to do. Way to, way to rephrase that. Yeah. Nice job. I'm trying to help you out here. I appreciate it, man. You, you've been very, very helpful tonight. You've been very have complimentary. Oh, very yeah, nice. no, you really have. You really that's have. Very nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and you just steal my train of thought away. As 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 you do that, but no, what I, what I was trying to say was that this is this is look the Islanders of old when they start to get into a funk, they're not playing well. Those end right. up in L's. They end up in losses. Right. And the fact that they can have some clunkers here and still pull out some points is good. And they have these couple of days off, like we talked about, to have some practices and yeah. hopefully you know get back in the gear for some 100%. two back to back tough games against the Boston Bruins. Absolutely, I think that. No, I don't think. And you know what? I will say those two, those couple days off couldn't come at a better time, too. I think they do well with breaks. Sorry, I didn't want the mic to make noise, so I muted. I thought you were going to keep talking when you saw me mute my mic and start to move it. But if only you could see what's going on over here. I mean, you can see a little bit. We're streaming here. Yeah. (laughs) All right, continue, please. I. It crushed my finger in the mic. Oh, is that what's happening? Like, why do you have the giggles, man? So, my yeah, God. you can't see it on your... Oh, you can, actually, because he always pulls it into view. But, yeah, Christian just pinched his finger inside the gears of the uh, the, the mic stand there. So, round of applause for Christian. I think it's a good time to just wrap it up here. Why? I think it's a good time. Why? You sure? Yeah. All right. Yikes. Well, I guess we can do that. Oh, you okay, Goodness buddy? gracious. Need some tussing? We can rub some oh, tussing on that goodness. for you if you want. Oh, boy. You sure you're okay? You, you have a tough job over here. You look like you're struggling a little bit. Just crushed my finger. We'll put a Band-Aid on it when it shows up. <laughs> Folks, I want to thank you all for tuning in to Hockey Night New York here. Line stuff. At, yeah, me too. 
here at twitch.tv slash hockey night ny always fun hanging out with you guys hanging with us live getting involved with the chat thank you so much for the questions always a fun time huge thank thanks you. to arthur <laughs> that was sincere huge no, thanks to sincere. thank oh, you everybody okay. to arthur staple of the athletic and yeah. of course a huge huge thanks to our wonderful sponsors blue line deli and bagels located at 719 west jericho turnpike in huntington head on over for great food great service fantastic people check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for their great selections and hockey themed heroes and of course the hockey night in New York. Yep. Rap. And a huge thanks to Thai Technology, it. a voice over IP company providing services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TaiTechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And again, Thank listeners, you. if you're still just doing the podcast thing, you're still just doing the Apple Music or sort of the Apple Podcast and the Google Podcast, check us out here at Twitch. Give us a shot. We have a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. Love the participation from Heck the yeah. viewers. <laughs> Heck yeah. And on I'm social media. Here. I know you are. You're doing great. Follow Christian Arnold at C underscore Arnold zero one on Twitter. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. Follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I think we're doing Monday again next week because the Islanders just keep getting scheduled on Sunday. <laughs> we're trying to get back to Sunday, but we just can't. So keep an eye out on the social media. We keep you guys updated, but probably Monday night next week. Right. So for Christian Arnold, well, oh, don't go ahead, forget, please. don't forget, yeah, the Wally shirt available online, hockeynotny.com. Get it. Tag 10%, us, ten percent yes. off when you use your ten percent code. Promo code HNINY10. Tag us when your shirt arrives. The music ended, but keep going. Tag us when the shirt arrives and <laughs> send it to us on social media. Yes, please do. So, for Christian, I'm yeah, Sean. Hit this button we, again, right? This we, button? No, that's not it. This one? That's not it either. You're terrible at this. You're just really bad at this. What is it? No, it's none of those buttons. Just leave it on. We're not going to play the song again anyway. So, folks, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. We've been Hockey Night in New York. You know what? I do have to play the music. It is weird. <laughs> I told <laughs> you this. Tony, the song. You, just when you need them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye.